Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. This is Altai here with episode 67, and I'm joined this week by... Omer. Gumball. Matt. And we have everyone but Shirelia. It's been a while since we've had a full crew, and hopefully next week we will get that full crew. Shu is AFK to deal with some family stuff. And uh, there's a lot going on this week. There's a lot going on this week, so we're not going to dilly-dally too much. A lot happened today, too. A lot, a lot too much. happened today. Too, too much, much happened, happened today. Too much happened today. Spread that shit out. If you want things to hit the fan, spread it out, all right? Industry, all right. please. No, no, no. If you want things to hit the fan, find the biggest MMO release of the year and re- just have it happen on that day. All right, that's, that's true. true. Then it just be- gets drowned. <laughs> just. Oh, that's right, Legion. Well, before we get to all of the wonderful industry news, we do, of course, start with the raid, and I'm going to just take it. It's been a while since I had a chance. So this week, we're talking about retention, and if you hate the echo, I'm sorry, but anyway. So I'm curious if people, when they play MMOs, do they stick with one game, or do they bounce around? We've talked about MMO hopping a lot, <coughs> and I feel that MMO hopping has become the norm. At least it's become the norm for me. I'm, I've basically become that asshole at the ice cream counter. I get a free sample of every <laughs> single flavor, and then in the end, I just choose vanilla anyway, which I is normally what I do. I hate those people. I know, but that's what I've become. You know, you dabble a little bit in this game, a little bit of Rust, then you go play, you know, say WoW or Rust or, well, I said Rust, right? But, but whatever. Or when you pick an MMORPG, do you stick with it? Do you Is that your second life and that's all you're going to go for? Or does it take something special to to make you invest that time, to make you start a life in another world? Eh? So anyway, take it. Take it around, crew. All right. Life in another world? What is this? Well, uh, ah? I guess... Uh... Hmm. All right, for me, here's how I feel. Usually, like I'd say nine out of ten times, somebody's first MMORPG is like their first high, right? You know, they're into it. They're it's amazing, but as soon when it starts wearing down, uh, they they chase that high for years, and they'll jump between games after the first one for like <laughs> they'll jump jump between dozens of games. And some people are lucky; they find a second or third high, but uh, they wear off quicker, and then they become hoppers again. So we're all looking for that next high. <laughs> So we're all users, and we we're all, all need users. to go to rehab. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's not a, that's a pretty fair assessment, I'd say, because again, I don't think any feeling really comes uh, close to your first MMO high. I think we can all, you know, look back at the days where we would like get up in the morning, run to the computer, and literally just play for like eight, like no life of like eight, ten hours a day, nonstop, and like with MMOs, like people used, to, I mean, kids would do that with video games all the time. It's no big deal, right? But you'd be done with your Legend of Zelda. You'd be done with this game, any console game, within like a week or so. But we, I think we have all have experience where you've done this for literally months and up to years at a time where we've no life the game and played it for like over five hours a day. I know at least Altai and I have had that experience. So it, uh, those are a special genre that you can actually no life it for such a long time and you get that high. I don't know. I've been uh, I have like usually one game that I stick to and then I have a bunch of other games that I try for like an hour every now and then. But mm-hmm. like... um. Right now, when I finally sit down and actually go back to it, the game I'm sticking to right now is Final Fantasy XIV, and I was playing that for like six hours a day before, mm-hmm. like, a few weeks ago. And stuff happened. But then before that, I had Black Desert earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played Link Realms before that, like, up to ten hours a day for, like, almost every day for a year. Uh, before that, I played... Shit, I don't remember right now. <laughs> then a decent amount of while before that, and then Clan Lord before that. So I mean, 
it's just a cycle. It comes back around eventually. It's not really any specific game. It's just whatever happens to be interesting at the time. But it seems like an issue today with a lot of MMO gamers is they're having difficulty of sticking to one MMO. And I think it's because we have so many options. It's just so easy to jump around. I mean, uh, lately, <coughs> I've been playing FF14. Uh, I've been playing, in terms of MMORPG, FF14, and before that, Blade and Soul. But it seems like I could... I. I don't get the same mileage I used to out of games because I, you hop too much. I mean, I played at least like 25, 30, 40 hours of Blade and Soul, or more, probably more than that. I'm, I'm underestimating here. But I feel like I've got, I came to the game, I got a lot out of it, and it's time to move on. But the time to move on came a bit quickly because usually you get a lot more time out of MMO. So, what do you guys do, if anything, to stick to one MMO? I and mean, can you stick to one MMO? Nope, just happens. See, I know, I know how to stick to an MMO. You know what the glue of an MMO is? Hmm. It's peer pressure. If all my friends tomorrow, yes. if the people I talk to on a daily basis, these, these people, they go out there and they start playing RuneScape and they go hardcore. And I, I have no interest in playing RuneScape. I, I admit it's a good game, but I just not, it's not on my radar. Mm -hmm. If they all start playing tomorrow, I'm playing RuneScape too. Because your immediate community is far more influential than the game itself. Now, when it comes to me personally, if I'm just looking for a game for myself, selfishly, that's, a, that's different than I'm looking to the game. But when it comes to the people I surround myself with, if they're all playing the same game, I'm going to play that game, whether I really like it or not. And you know what? I'll grow to like it just because of the stories I create playing with my friends or whatever. That's wow, I do not have the same experience with that at all. Oh, here's the problem with that. If, that anybody, if anybody I know starts playing a game, I basically immediately know to stay away from that until they stop playing <laughs> it because my wow, luck... Wow, antisocial mess! No, 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 I get it. Let me finish. My luck is that we're going to start up together um we're gonna get like to level 20 or so or like the level 20 equivalent they're gonna kind of taper off a little bit and they're gonna never want to play again but as soon as i log in they're gonna give me shit <laughs> that happens every single time <laughs> every single time it's true no that can happen it's true i think um i think what people need to do here's a suggestion for people that are having trouble sticking with one mmo here's what you got to do you go to mmos.com you click on the random MO button on our MO roulette section. On the right side of the sidebar is a random button. You click on that button, it will give you a random game on the website. Unfortunately, we didn't we didn't set it so uh, it looks it takes out preview. So if you get a preview, you gotta click it again, right? So a game that's not out yet. And you just whatever game it lands on, you play it to max level. If you can do that, that's pretty impressive. If you have the, click on the button, let let the button decide for you what game to play. And then you go to no life, whatever game comes up, and see what comes up. Omar, you're gonna have to know life, uh, other land. I'm sorry. No, 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 no! Please. No. <laughs> okay, we can talk about other land later, but that's that's uh, that's a whole other story. But I think uh, one thing is a lot of people end up coming back to their first love or a game they've had a lot of experience with. I think that gives us a chance to talk about World of Warcraft Legion because honestly, as Gumby was saying earlier, you play what games your friend plays, and I've been looking on my uh, BattleNet, and people are playing World of Warcraft Legion. A lot of people, like before it came out, said they weren't too hype about it, but clearly people are playing it. I mean, I'm looking at my friends right now. Literally, <laughs> people that I know have not played WoW in literally years, right? And they're all playing it again. I mean, people that people that skipped Draenor are coming back for Legion. Yep. It's, yeah. Yeah. I told myself if I made it to level 100, I would um, like if I started over and made it to level 100, I would buy Legion. 
I mean, it's a level 23. Yeah, don't, don't, level 1 to 100 is going to be boring. You buy a Legion, you start at 100, and you get the 110. We, had this, the we had this discussion during Sunday Funday. Someone's like, wow, why would you want to, like, and then Matt's no, giving, no, 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 I defended the giving me, process. Yeah, Matt was giving me shit no. about not playing games. No, I, I'm giving you shit. I just, I made it to level 23, and then Final Fantasy 14. The reason, the reason you switch to Final Fantasy 14 so quickly, I'm not saying you would have, wouldn't have picked it either way, is you made the mistake, and it is a mistake to level from 1 to 100. Oh, if you do that today, you are intentionally like ripping off a finger or something. Like I know. totally disagree. I mean, there, I was um, fairly, I was fairly interested in the story. It's you just weren't Final interested. Fantasy fourteen was more interesting because it's, not a, it's, oh my God. it's like saying a turd is more interesting than like a smelly turd. Like okay, it's it's like saying uh, listen, there are two shows in the same time slot, right? Okay. If one is more interesting the other, than the other, you're going to go with the one. It doesn't mean that the other one's bad. It just means that you'd no, rather does. watch the other if one. If no, another rerun of Law and Order, Law, a 10-year-old episode of rerun of Law and Order is playing on one channel. We're not talking about a 10-year episode rerun. We're talking about... No. We are. The 1 to 100 experience is literally a 10-year-old rerun in the MMORPG space, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's 10 years old. It's a race that I haven't played before. Okay, listen. All right, listen. I, I, I think out of us... I played WoW most recently after Mr. Pandaria came out, and I did the whole one to one to level ninety experience, right? And then when uh, when when uh, the Draenor came out, I bought Draenor, I played some Draenor, right? The issue with level one to one hundred was I said I'm gonna go to, rather quickly, so we don't have to go over this again. I think a lot of people agree with me in saying that the one to max level experience, the one to at least level 100, 1 to ninety in um mist was not fun. Actually, up to eighty five wasn't fun. Once I got to the mist content, it was fun. Leveling through the early content was really boring because you never had a chance to really soak in the world the way it was intended when the game first came out. Literally every expansion, you never get to finish the expansion content. The second I got the uh, the the Burning Crusade area, after the first two zones, I'm done. I never even got to see the last dungeon. I never got to see uh, what's his name, the Blood Elf with the with the orbs flying. I can't believe I forgot his name. That guy. I never got to see any of the Wrath of Lich King content because after two expansions, you, you go right to Pandaria. Uh, you go to the next expansion. You never finish the zone, and you never get to. You never get like. The real wow experience that you would have had yeah. had you started playing. However, when I got the panda Pandaria content, I finished all the panda content. There was the the the, the pacing was good because it was designed for the level I think eighty five to ninety, and it was great. And Draenor came <coughs> out all of a sudden. The pacing is great because it's designed for that. So yeah. honestly, I I I, I didn't I, have fun at all leveling. Listen, I don't know. I, I think they may have revamped that because when I was playing as an undead, I don't feel like I missed anything in the story. Like it's it was pretty well paced in terms of the story i mean i just like i said final fantasy 14 was more interesting that's it okay look uh, this is a I, this is a fundamental issue i'm not bending you're right the story is good and if you level if you played through it when it came out okay it's fine but today the beginning zones in wow uh feel like almost like an asian mmorpg where it's just empty field right and you do like two quests, you level you level up, and you miss like I'm saying, you miss two thirds of each zone. Yes. You, you you do the first zone in each expansion, and then you're high enough level to start like inching your way into the next expansion. And, and the greens you get there are better than the purples you would have gotten if yep. you stayed in the other zone. It's it's so broken. It, and so I still disagree with Aaron. All right, let's hear what comes. You are to say. fundamentally. <laughs> No, fundamental... you can't just throw out words no, like you're this fundamentally is, this is wrong. Daggers. I am not right. yielding an inch on this. You don't no, have to. La, 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 talk all you because... want. He's drawing daggers. Boys. I'm on my phone. I'm not even listening. Go, talk. Let me know okay, when you're done. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. You're done. Uh, <laughs> so when I went back to the leveling experience recently in WoW, and because I wanted to learn, I never played a priest, so I thought, okay, I'm going to learn that. But the WoW leveling experience is now is you queue up for dungeons, and you just you roll through the dungeon. That's all it is. And there are people who do enjoy going through that old content, even if they've done it before. 
Now, I like going through the old dungeons, which is why I went back to vanilla, because uh, it's a slower experience. But mm -hmm. if you are someone who enjoys dungeons, enjoys party play, and has fun just rolling through stuff, and people do, they're not, they don't have something fundamentally wrong with them. I got bored of it pretty quick, but people do. Then that's, that's what it's become. Now, even if you have that gear, the gear that gives you the bonus experience, unless you're fully decked out, you don't level so dramatically quickly that you miss out on everything. It no, is no, too quick. You, no, yes. no, you don't. No, you don't. Come, come, you guys come, like come, level you 10! Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, I did it. You do. You level too quickly. It. I just did it. No, you do level too quickly, but I think that you guys are exaggerating. At least Airhunt's exaggerating right. a bit too much. You don't Here's miss an entire zone. Here's a fact. You do. I played well. I, hold on. No, no, no. I'm, I'm telling you exactly what happened. In Mr. Pandaria, I leveled my warrior to 90. Sure. And, I, and I went, like, like 94, I quit or so, right? But I, I got through all the, well, the second you hit expansion content. You don't hit expansion mm -hmm. content level 60, at least anyway. When you go to uh, Outlands. Out, you go to Outlands. Yeah, exactly. You, I finished the first <laughs> two. There's like six zones in there, right? Six massive zones. I finished yes. the first two zones. No, I know that. You're correct. And, okay. So you miss literally more than half of the No, no, no. I get it. No, that's true. Yes. And, and what's insane is the second you unlock the mist area or the Wrath of Lich King area, you can buy a bind down, bind down equip weapon in the auction house that's literally twice as good as anything you'll have then and the power spikes go insane how much easier it gets when you get this new weapon it's better than any epic you're gonna get mm -hmm. in the previous expansion and you skip entire zones i don't think i still think it's it's wrong to say that even with those issues that it makes the entire experience worthless which is what airhound's been right. saying wait i want the developers right. note realize this it's not it's not like me saying this it's i know i understand what literally you're saying, but it's not worth they give you a hundred level because they realize how worthless their old content is now they they give it to you like when you buy the box it's not like an optional thing. You get it. Like everyone gets it. It's not like you have to pay extra. Like it, it just comes with it. All right, guys. I feel like we have this argument every week. Let's go to um. No, no, no. We're, what we, we have played? To, no, we have to stick on WoW because we talk. I want to talk about Legion uh, as is right now. All right, we, bring up Legion now. We, we talked too much about uh old WoW. Okay, now Legion came out and a lot of people are having fun with it because this is mm -hmm. this is the content. This is the latest content Blizzard was working on. And interestingly enough, I think one of the one of the designers at Blizzard actually specifically said that um the team that that's working on WoW is bigger now than it ever was i mean they have i know altai was i don't know i don't know if he was serious saying oh wow's got the b team no they have all their efforts on wow because wow was such a big franchise it's actually making it's like the most money for blizzard even out of overwatch being a new game they have the biggest team working on it now and there's this is actually they all say it was the biggest expansion launch in wow you know in wow's history in terms of pure content you're going to get and almost unanimous people seem to be having fun with it and it's the the, the launch has been really smooth too Whereas Draenor had some server issues. Pandora was a good launch too, I remember, if I remember, because I played it right when that came out. But they're saying there's almost no, like, there's been no hiccups in terms of launch, which is pretty impressive considering how big WoW is. And it's you know like, someone's already hit level cap? Oh, yep, of I'm course. Surprised. Five of and a half hours, somebody hit level cap. That's insane. The fact that people can do it. But they, they pulled off, like, we've seen so many big companies just fail at launching expansions and even new games. Like, even free-to-play games that don't have the same scope that WoW has, just like have issues on launch day, it becomes oh, yeah. unplayable. And Diablo three, oh my god! I know I watched Altai. I was there. Diablo. Gummy did it too. I watched Altai as he was playing Diablo three on launch day. Altai was like, he, it, just, it was a complete utter disaster. Login, 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 login. Yeah. Just wait six hours to log in. But Blizzard learned clearly from their mistakes, and it was a seamless, seamless and, launch. People are yeah. And here's what the, uh, here's what Blizzard did right this time, and I think they might do it in the future. The launch was today, right? Mm -hmm. But it kind of felt like it started like thirty days ago. They kind of yeah. eased people back in. Um, with with those uh, events like the invasion events and stuff, you, I think you could preload it, pre-buy it. Um, you could like you could make a demon hunter or whatever ahead of time, uh, if you you know pre-bought it, pre-purchased it. 
things like that. So they really kind of like tiered it so that it wouldn't be like a massive <laughs> flood in one day. They kind of opened a spigot over the past month. And they actually Absolutely. Made few, yeah. They made a few really smart decisions too with the way it was set up. Because once you get to the new content, when you're, you know, when you're level uh, 100, you actually have to... Um, you, the first few missions you do in the new areas are all like solo instance. And once you do those, it kind of drops you off. Like you're, you're, you, everyone's quest kind of branches them away from each other. And everyone can choose which area they want to start in because the way it's set up again is that the zones can be done in any order you want. <laughs> and it, it kind of separates the player base, segments the player base in different areas. So not everyone is cluster fucking the same spot and making it unplayable. So the, it's always divided in multiple zones. And because of that too, people can do you know, in whatever order they want. Mm-hmm. And there's been a really strong uh, like refocus on lore. I mean, WoW has always been good on lore, but shit's, shit's going down with uh, Sylvanas Windrunner. I know she's a bit of a fan favorite in a lot of people from Warcraft 3 and WoW, but uh, shit's going down, boys. Okay. Right, here's, a, here's a good question. I'll make a bet on it, too. In a month or two, will Blizzard release their subscriber numbers again and say, look at you guys. Look at you, everyone. Look at our subscriber count and how big it is. No. It could happen. No, it could happen. Pink Buffball brought this up. I think I remember, it happened. I remember right. uh, a, a month ago or so, I read an article. It was like, I bet Blizzard regrets their announcement that they're going to not release subscriber numbers anymore because now they look like fools if they bring it back when things are good. Uh, and that you, during the one of their earnings call, you saw the Blizzard guy kind of dancing around it. He's like, while we don't you know, talk about our subscription numbers, I can say that certain subscription game revenues are up like for 30, 40% or something. And it's obvious he's... Yeah, <laughs> and he, he was just dancing around it, but like... <laughs> It was just funny. I, I guarantee, even if they don't bring up the subscription numbers, uh, next earnings report, which should be in like two, three months, there's always a Q&A session between the executives and analysts that ask these companies questions. Somebody's going to ask about WoW, and I'll give, I'll, I'll give you guys an idea exactly how it's doing post, uh, post-launch. We won't get an exact number, but we're a pretty solid idea on how it's doing. Successful. Yeah. From, from my, and I got to <laughs> say, I'm surprised. I didn't think it would have this reaction. So, you know, kudos to Blizzard, you know, uh, um, have you, guys seen any cut- have you guys seen any of those uh, cutscenes so far? I saw a couple on YouTube and they look fucking amazing. The cinematic... Blizzard's always been god tier on cinematics. They have but- in-game cinematics or like trailers? No, like in-game cinematics. Oh, no, And I actually, so many, of the, so many of your quests, like the artifact web quests and your class quests, when you get to the new content, is actually voiced over. Like the production value has gone through the roof, it seems, in terms of like storytelling and stuff. And like, just seeing that content makes me kind of want to just... Honestly, even as like an RPG element, like even like... Even if you don't like WoW the MMORPG anymore, like I think it's, I'm kind of tempted to go back just for the RPG element of going through all the content. That's true. Point. That's a good point. For forty bucks, assuming you own the game before. Yeah. For, for forty bucks, you're basically going to get like you know ten, twenty, thirty, forty something hours at least of yeah. an RPG experience, right? In in a, in a world that you kind of probably grew up playing, whether it's you know the Warcraft series, World of Warcraft before. Uh, so, no, it is what it is. You guys want to hear? I'll take it triggered. I'm, and yes, I always want to hear. I'll tell you, you're not going to yeah. like this, right? But you have uh, there's artifact weapons in uh, in the new content, right? And do you know what that means? Oh, so you, you keep the level, you keep that one. You will forever? never change that weapon throughout the con- throughout the expansion. Really? It, Even but if you can you can kind of power it up and stuff, but that will always be the best. Weapon hold you're up, have. hold up. Does it when is you power it up? Does it look different? I'm not sure. I know it's going to get better. Well, you can't. That, that's not an argument. Remember, you gave me so much shit about the blade and soul weapon system by saying, "Oh, I got to equip the weapon that drops off this enemy," so I have a sense of progression. Remember that? Yeah, I agree with that still. <laughs> So, but in 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 Legion, your weapons are basically not going to. Your legend, your you you be able to upgrade them and even at max level, like when you raid. It said throughout all the content, throughout the I guess the story content at least, that's going to be and by far the best weapon. 
I haven't played it yet, so I, I'm not going to say definitively, but it's going to be your, you know, it's a key feature, the artifact weapons. Alright, you can unlock skin, so it's not, it's yeah. still not, it doesn't really, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. We'll right. have to see how it feels. <laughs> not 110 like, yet. I have to try it, though, before I right. make my and call. There's 31 of these artifact weapons, and they're actually pretty cool, because you're going to have stuff like Gul'dan staff, and like, there's basically, weapons, every, every class and specialization gets their own weapons, so like, you know, if you're, uh, the three specs for warrior, the three specs for like warlock. Everyone can get those weapons depending on what spec you are. So there's 31 different weapons. You remember? Uh, they, yeah. Remember in vanilla when like an, an artifact was actually an artifact and only like one or two guys yeah, on the server yeah, had it. Thunder like, Fury. Thunder Times. Fury, like the biggest stick on the server had it. Now, hey guys, you all get the named weapons from the show or the movie or the game or whatever. Like, oh, have fun! You're all you're all special. Oh my god, this trans this transitions so well to what I want. What I want oh, to talk about. Uh, yeah, However, right. I, do you want to talk about uh, what we played first, or we want to? No, 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 just go ahead. Transition, transition. Let the, let the transitions be natural. Okay, because this is this this is this triggered me a lot, and this has to do with Blizzard. Get triggered. Now, this is not specific to Overwatch, but I'm going to use Overwatch as an example. This applies to almost any competitive game, online game. Uh, let me go ahead and link you guys so we can see what we're looking at. First of all, Overwatch has revamped their ranking system, as many of you guys already know. That the, the the link I provided you guys actually talks about the that shows the distribution of rankings in Overwatch, right? Basically from rank thirty to ninety, whatever it is, right? It clearly shows that the average rank in Overwatch is at a, sitting around fifty. Fifty is exactly averaged in the bell curve. Everyone's in the middle, and that's fifty. So now I'm looking at Overwatch rank divisions in the new season with this uh, graphical image that uh, you know you guys can see, and very clearly you can see rank fifty to fifty nine is equivalent to quote-unquote platinum. Apparently, a default player, an average player, is graded as platinum. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you jump ahead, isn't it possible that the number's about to slide and the average player will actually be between 1 and 29? Oh, no, I see what you're saying. Okay. No, you, 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 if yeah. you got 50 in Season 1, they're going to put you in platinum in Season 2. This oh. Is, this, yeah, this, is, this seems to be the rough, where, where, apparently, where they each belong. And if you look well, at... Platinum the, also means something completely different, it looks like. Like the Grandmaster and Master and oh, top yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, but, but here's, right, go ahead. Go ahead. But here's the issue. Right? We talked about earlier. Altai said, oh, everyone gets legendary weapons, right? In what world is a gold medal for 40 to 49, which, by the way, is below average? Why should a below average player get a gold medal? Oh, and <laughs> Why not? 30, and 30 to 39 it, is literally bottom It encourages bottom them to keep playing competitive even if they're not doing well. But I think this is brilliant. No, listen. It's like a silver. I, I, hey, second place. Silver, second place. Oh, I'm bottom two percent, but I get silver. Come <laughs> on, it's a participation award. I think you're just being smug about this. No, listen, listen. Look, honestly, I want to give credit to League of Legends here because League of Legends, even though it's, I would argue League is a okay, more casual audience look, than Overwatch. Look, what the tier names and what they are literally mean nothing except to you, no, as no. a person. No, no participation. Cold? It's like it's like in uh, school today, right? The little, the it little... literally means nothing. Were you the chubby it kid, Matt, who couldn't play sports in school? <laughs> listen, no, listen. Gold, whether we like it or not, gold has meaning. Yeah. Platinum has meaning. In like Olympics, you have gold, silver, silver, bronze, and gold. These, these okay, are but those are the things. only ranks. You don't have platinum, diamond, master, and grandmaster in the Olympics. Yes, okay? you're, you're right. You don't. You're right. You don't. It's literally meaningless. It is. Here's the issue. You have games. Here's like the League. issue. Just focus on the oh, one percent no, of the listen, time. Look at listen. I'm gonna give credit to League of Legends for holding their guns. They have a system where bronze, silver, gold, diamond, master, and grandmaster and uh, uh, challenger. These are six tiers, almost identical to the tier system we have here, right? But the difference here is that 
Overwatch will put all their players in the platinum and gold ranking, basically. Literally, everyone will be platinum. Is the average, right? In league, everyone is silver. And you still have stuff like the, uh, gold, uh, platinum, dime. These are rankings not available to 90% of players, and they have them. And they're honest. Like At least Riot is being honest about their ranking system. And Blizzard's like, oh, everyone gets a participation medal. You're, oh, you're, really, you're, you're bottom 5%? Here's a silver medal for you. Oh, like, like, nobody's gonna be in there. No, like, so few players will end up being bronze because 1 to 29 will be such a... If, the, if this is accurate where it matches your Season 1 ranking, there's very few players between 1 and 29 as a percentage of the distribution, less than 1%. Okay, right. what does this here's, matter? What does this matter? Here, here's why it matters, right? Okay, go ahead. So what I see from this, Matt is correct. It is meaningless. But here's the thing. Prior to Overwatch, every game we play, League and whatnot, there's this uh, consensus, right? Gold means you're above average, silver means you're above average, bronze is the average, and you move down the rank. What this does, what Overwatch does, while it is meaningless, but these things do have meaning, uh, it's, it's devaluing. So now gold, the, uh, the symbol of gold as a, an attachment, as a little ribbon, is now devalued in Overwatch's community. And I think, that's act I think this will actually have a negative effect on how people view medals in other games. Because look, Gaming, it's a, it's a whole community, right, at large. So, like, this is totally uh, undermining what other games like League have established. So, I actually... I think I am not underestimating I, the effects of one no, game. No, I think... I am not a fan only because culturally, traditionally, uh, we look at, you know, we these words, you know, we look at them as a symbol of, of ranking. And, um, yeah, overall, I mean, Overwatch is devalued. Yeah, you're right, correct, it's meaningless. I don't think that this serves any positive effect. I don't think yeah. a, a below average player having gold is going to motivate them to keep playing. They're just going to be gold. And actually what it does is when someone says, oh, I'm gold now in Overwatch, it means, okay, you suck. So now you've taken the word gold and you've said, okay, now gold means below average. Yeah. And all that's kind of done because gold is done. gold. Exactly. All they've done is devalue gold. They have, you're right. In the game itself, when I see a gold player now, I'm going to say, haha, you suck. Stufu noob. But so it doesn't really change that part because uh, I know what the score is, but it just devalued the term gold for every, basically Blizzards are shit on every other game's ranking system. I think you guys are missing the part where missing? Blizzards are... Overwatch is a distinctly casual shooter in nature. What? No. Overwatch is one of the biggest competitive scenes. It, no, it's one of the quickest rising competition. I don't know what you mean by that. Okay, but here's the thing. You can play a casual game competitively, but it has a casual orientation. It's made for a wide audience. It has an so appealing does, so style. It's easy so to pick up and play. Every and as far as MOBAs go, League of Legends is fairly casual. Yes, it is. What? I agree. Oh, okay. So, as a casual, casual oriented game, why does that game, matter? As a casual oriented game, they're making it so that casual players feel involved. Okay. And so they feel rewarded for their casual play. I, don't I think see what I see what you're getting at. Is going to make them really feel. Just discuss for one minute. I'll be right back. Okay. Here's the only the only disagreement I have with that, Matt, is that. If the casual player is someone who falls on that average <laughs> line, because say we can just, you know, for the sake of argument, the casual player base makes up the majority player base, right? That means the majority of casuals still fall within this spectrum of averages. So I don't think this actually helps the casual player. I think this is more about appealing to your lower common denominators. Because the casual, again, the casual gets, they get uh, diffused through the spectrum. So the casual is probably between rank 40 and rank 60, like, like myself. So uh, I don't I don't know if it's actually going to motivate casual people to play. I think it's just going to motivate people who may, are lower tier to, if anything at all, you know. 
I do want to agree with. I that think you guys it doesn't, are, it doesn't make that big of a deal. It does, I agree, okay. it's not that big of a deal. No, no. I just I, I don't know when when I hear people complaining about this, especially Omera right now. I just hear, "Damn it, man! Golden platinum used to mean something." Oh, yes, it you know, does. Man. It no, did, but it never meant anything. It was a yes, rank in did. a video game. But then, then you're just dismissing what people accomplish. People view their gaming accomplishments as meaning, Matt. Whether you like it or not, like people have you people made money of off of it. That doesn't matter. That's not fair. That's but how, people feel like when when I mean, when kids play like sports in school. Okay, but you can feel cool, it, but you can, proud of it. You can feel proud of it and value out of it, but it's still just a rank in a video game. It's a personal achievement, you, you, and other people don't have to feel the same way. People's accomplishments as saying it's a video game. Who cares? People do care. I think I'm it, saying, it makes sense for people to care. I mean, if they, if, Matt, if if somebody plays a game like very competitive, they get serious. They play ten hours a day and. They want to get somewhere, you know, and right, when they get somewhere, they, they're, they're proud of it. Here we, all right. You can be proud of it, you also One person at a time, boys. All right, hold up, But boys. you can be proud of it, but you can also be proud of it based on the ranks that they're giving you instead of saying that this means something more than it means. Because Bitch. in this game, it doesn't mean more, or it does mean more. You know, gold means less in Overwatch than it does in League of Legends. Right. It's all relative, and but you have to accept that. They are using the word gold. Gold, whether we like it or not, has a meaning outside of League of, League of Legends, Overwatch, Dota. It has a meaning outside those things. Because we have stuff like the Olympics. You have first place, second place, third place. If they use, like, okay, Chromite is here, then you got Silverite, and like their own, like, bullshit medals, that's fine. Then you're right. They're not misleading at all. But as is, it was misleading was my point. Okay, here's my take on it. For Overwatch itself, no meaning. Doesn't matter. It, right. They're just listings for the tiers, right? But the problem is a larger gaming scene in the meta of the gaming community. I remember, and this is going to sound elitist like a douche, but here we go anyway. I remember the old Blizzard. Wouldn't even dream to make a console game, right? StarCraft or whatever. Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Now, you know, they kind of dumbed everything down. Overwatch is on consoles. Um, it's just a. It's just sad for me. This alone is nothing, but every almost every year, every week, I see a story like this. Like I just brought another one up, guys. Blizzard changes Overwatch GG easy messages into something very different. So they're gonna make it so if you type GG space E and Z, it's gonna actually change it to something else. It's gonna say good game easy. Uh, it's gonna change it to. I don't like it. I saw a screenshot of it once. Okay, so I just I, I wanna. I want to clarify that you guys did kind of get wrong what I was trying to say by it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as in it's just a rank in a video game. It The name doesn't matter. What it's called doesn't matter. Oh, but you I was trying to counter that, right? Because I do think that it, it does, does yeah. have a bit of an effect on how people view other games because we're not... Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't you don't think so? Um, like I, I, no. None of us are solo game players, right? So I say I play League I of have, Overwatch. I have always adapted to the game I'm playing. Always. But, but uh, real quick, I want to insert this. If, when you type GG Easy on the public test realm, it translates it to one of these messages randomly. I feel very, very small. Please hold me. It's past my bedtime. Please don't tell my mommy. I'm wrestling with some insecurity issues in I my like life. It. I like it. But That's thank funny. you for playing with me. So this, this is a bit of a this, different uh, conversation, though. This, this conversation, I, I agree with what Blizzard did here. It's pretty funny, okay? No. I have no problem with that. No. This is all part of the process of sanitizing online gaming. Yeah, I completely disagree with what Blizzard's That's doing. Different. I think, yeah, I think... You can't right. sanitize, you know, the whole... Blizzard's, Blizzard was a vanguard of hardcore PC gaming, right? They Diablo, were. Keyword, keyword, Starcraft, these change. War, uh, Warcraft. What? What do you got now? We got, we got like, uh, can what a Candy Crush a shooter? Is that next? Is that the next Blizzard game? Probably, right? <laughs> Look, I mean, what they're trying to do is they're trying to change people's attitudes by basically. I mean, it is a form of, of censorship. It's a form of manipulation on the yeah. part of speech. Well, it's not just and censorship. So, oh, oh, it's insulting. And the thing is, you can't. 
you cannot alter people's minds by censoring them this way. They're just going to find a new phrase to say. This is this is absolutely stupid. And to me, it makes Blizzard. I mean, I get I get it. It's this isn't a free society. It's a Blizzard game. But to me, it makes it it makes me think that they have some type of like god agenda that they're trying to to cultivate gamers to be more uh, congenial. And that's a bunch of bullshit. Because remember, they took the cigar of that. Yeah, also uh, bullshit. Starcraft. I know, but then McCree gets one. Come on, these uh, assholes. <laughs> Right, one last thing I want to throw on the, the thing. It's actually, this is not specifically always a problem with Blizzard, actually. There's actually a pretty interesting article about great inflation in America. It's uh, This goes beyond gaming. But there's one paragraph that I think is pretty interesting. It shows that even at Harvard University, great inflation has been a big issue. In fact, in 1890, the average GPA in Harvard was 2.27, right? And now, in, in uh, after 1960, it's been 3.48. In Harvard, the hardest university and the most prestigious university in America... 2.2 was average, and now an average is 3.5, which you know by the way, is a B plus. It's almost an A. Yeah, I read a re I read an article about this uh, not too long ago. What happens is the the type of people who go to Harvard, they just bitch so much to the professors. The professors just give up and give them the A. But That's back exactly in the good old days of 1890s, they got they got the backhand if they bitch. That's right? all it is. It's just that they complain until they get the better grade. Yep. They claim that yeah, it was a good article. It was the New York Times. Right, but anyway, we don't want to talk too much about great inflation. That goes beyond the scope of uh, of this discussion. But again, I agree with Matt that it's not a big deal. It just grinds my gears personally. They're devaluing. Guys, participation just, awards, great inflation. And now, I just, okay. and now, <laughs> okay. oh, let's not get online on video game okay. inflation. I just want to What's next? All right, last <laughs> comment, Matt. Summarize. So basically, okay. the whole money comment was basically if you're not making a livelihood off of it, if it's not like core to your identity, you know what I mean? It's You shouldn't get so hung up on what it's called. I mean, it's uh, you guys. We kind of went back and forth, and I kind of didn't get to finish that thought earlier. But but the thing is, it, it's just a rank. I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is your skill rating and how high you are compared to everyone else. Matt, what they Matt, call it doesn't really matter. Matt, first they came for the communists, and I didn't do anything because I wasn't a communist. <sighs> then they came for. <laughs> <laughs> then they came for the. Then they came for the casuals, and I didn't do anything because I'm a pro player. <laughs> and then they came for the ranked <laughs> players, came, and there was no one left to defend me. <laughs> I agree with all. Oh, we gotta move on, boys. <laughs> I think all good points. Good points all around. Uh, I think I think we need to actually bring up a piece of news real quick because it's it's a it's a pretty fun one. Uh, it involves a MMORPG that was it was supposed to be the chosen one, and it was supposed um, to be the chosen one. It was supposed it was to be wow. the chosen one. No, no, it was wow. Come on, was it wow? Was the only chosen one. No, no, there's only one chosen one. <laughs> well, this was supposed to compete with WoW because actually someone who helped develop Vanilla WoW helped create this one. And today, it, I'm going to read my title, it quietly faded into the abyss. No, not. I'm talking, of course, about Firefall, an MMORPG many of you may remember. It's been around for a while, uh, created by Red 5 Studios. Today, the server, the login servers and the website, and actually the Red 5 Studios site, just all decided to go off. Someone flipped the switch. It's all... Turned off. This follows. Uh, last month, there was a bit of news. Uh, pretty much, Psst, it was suggested that... Back. The website's back. No way, it's back? The website at Firefall 5 Studios. It's back. <gasps> oh, my God. Very interesting. It's a live development. It came back as the podcast started. However, okay, guys, 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 the guys I can answer this. It's an interesting story. Keep going. They hosted the servers for the game and the web servers on the same computers. The and servers they all are? died in a mysterious fire. All the servers, they all died in a mysterious fire. 
Uh, go ahead, go gumbo. Because this... I don't know. I'm totally baffled now. I'm right, flabbergasted. I'll, I'll, take it, I'll take it. Take it away, please. Oh no! Oh shit! Oh shit! It can't be, can it? Oh no! Today was just. I, I'm joking, but if this is real, what if Mark Kern really did buy it, and today they were transferring all the assets over to Mark Kern? Oh, no, not gonna happen. Too quick. Yeah. And I've been announced. Hi boys. Let me take it away here. Sean got too flabbergasted. Basically, so early this morning, the servers and the website went down for like a few hours, right? And that was enough for the whole community, what was left of it, to basically say, okay, the game's dead. Because that's how close to death it's been this whole time. That's true. And there are some fair reasons why people would make this assumption, including us. Um, there was a lot of layoffs. This company, Red 5 Studio, which is owned by the Chinese company, The Nine, they missed payments for their employees' salaries, even during Christmas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they ruined Christmas! Firefall ruined Christmas! <laughs> It's the vibe I'm getting from this. And Holy here, shit. here is perhaps the funniest line, okay? This is this shows you how little committed the owners are for this game, Firefall. Ready? So, the Nine traded half its stake in Firefall in exchange for some shares in a Cayman Islands-based cashmere clothing manufacturer. <laughs> so, it's like they're bartering like on Craigslist. It's like, okay, you can take like half the shitty MMORPG we have. <laughs> give, me, give me that cashmere. <laughs> There's no way that's true. It is true. Oh, look. I, so I have the official uh, documents here. They traded half their ownership in a, like an MMO shooter for a stake in a Cayman Islands-based Islands cashmere company. Yeah. What a world we live in, boys. I, when I read this, I'm like, wow, you can't make this up. <laughs> well, it might be one of those weird Chinese things because didn't um, Warframe, which is still like the biggest, one of the biggest free-to-play games on Steam, like be bought out by like a pork company, like a like a pig farming company. Was that the mining company? No, that was Runescape. No, was, they oh, bought okay. Runescape. Some some iron ore mining company in China owns Runescape. Apparently, a cashmere company in Cayman Islands owns um, a stake in thirty percent of Firefall. Yeah. So there's some weird stuff going on in China. All right. I mean, that's worth mentioning too. But uh, the Firefall Steam page is nowhere to be found. Just okay. I, I take that, that as, as as proof that we're no, not. No, you might be right because actually, I think a lot of people did report the game as being shut down on Steam. But as a, if you guys take a look at the subreddit for the game, everyone's already kind of like talking about the eulogy. And actually, one of the folks that worked, the developer formerly known as Cloud Chaser, actually posted five hours ago saying it was a fun time working at Red Five. Most of us, uh, uh, everyone at Red Five has already been uh, resettled elsewhere. We're all working on cool projects. We're now at a varied companies like Turtle Rock, Blizzard, Epic, Raven, Machine Zone, and so forth, and Daybreak. So people are already saying that, you know, like a lot of developers already said, you know, it was, they're done. You know, the game is basically dead. If you try to get the client from the website, it does error. It does not work. Okay, so yeah, it's 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 going to be dead. It just I guess they just saved the website. Maybe they're going to sell some links on here or some shady business. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah, rest in peace. It was just weird to me. It was weird is that there was no... No announcement, not even a tweet, nothing. It just done. <laughs> done though. Normally you get something like a little press release, something yeah. to say we're saw you know we're gone. It's been a nice time, but Red Five, th there's just no one left to even write that that letter. So they just turn it off. And okay, weird. This game was actually you, know, you can't underestimate the amount of hype that was behind uh, Firefall. I mean, oh I yeah. People that were crazy hyped about this game. You, I mean. Everyone kept saying, oh, we got Red 5 Studios. They have all these ex-Blizzard people. You know, They know their shit. And apparently, they, uh, they raised like over $30 million on this game. I mean, people are saying, like, nobody knows what, the, what it costs to fully develop. But at least like, it looks at least $50 million has been raised on making this game. Some people are saying up to $123 million, some crazy numbers. So the game had a lot yeah. of hype behind it. it. 
was supposed as as you as I think Sean said earlier, it was supposed to be the savior, combining MMO slash shooting, but no. Didn't mas. they also like uh, change the design of it like three times? Yeah, like they pulled a tabula rasa, except after it was already live. Yeah, I mean, I I was never too hype about this, but it's it's sad to see it go. And again, as as Gumby said, where's the press release? Where's the tweet? Where's anything? Who just flicks off the switch on such a? I mean, they spent a lot of money on. It. I mean, they they had some loyal fans. Like, how do you just leave them they in the dark like, like that? Spent like two million on a bus. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we talk about the development for this game? It was right, cool. the okay. So th- this game was announced, I think, in 2011, 10, something like that. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, they spent so. I remember hearing about it. this was a big game. Like when you're uh... no 2010, 2011 is when the closed beta went live, and they did oh. it like um, what was it? Something that Google did, like I want to say it was like Google Plus invites, where you could like invite friends after so many months or something. I don't remember. It was 2010, Penny Arcade Expo. All right, and I remember this was a big budget game. This wasn't like you know our. This was was this even was this supposed to be free to play when it first got announced? I'm not even sure about that because I remember. Yeah. It yes, was, it was. Okay. It was but, just it was in closed beta, invite only, and you got invites for friends, and then it was going to be free when it finally launched. All right. I, I do remember this being a big budget game. You know, they had a big PR, big spend, big ad spends. Uh, and it, it just fizzled. I, I remember by the time it actually came out, I don't know. It just didn't make an impact. I, I never actually played it. Sean, I know you did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it was nothing game-changing, but I, I enjoyed what little I played. I didn't notice anything completely broken. It was just generic with a sci-fi twist. I don't know. It didn't stick, that's for sure. I think that's the problem, is it was so average in, in just... Uh, there was nothing special about it, mm-hmm. except for being in a sci-fi environment. Um, I know there were a lot of issues uh, that people have had, especially the people that continue to play until today, uh, with authenticators and lack of communication and whatnot. So I think what really killed it, what really hurt the game, was actually uh, shenanigans with development. Uh, the development team just wasn't... Uh, they weren't all together. There were competing visions. Uh, no one really knew what they wanted out of it. I think that's why it fell apart. So it came down to management and bureaucracy and all that. And okay. so, actually, I think fire. Go ahead. Sorry. It's worth mentioning. Actually, I found the official number. The CEO of the Nine. Uh, he's a multi multi millionaire called Zhu Jun. He he. Could, I mean, he's focused on the Chinese launch of the game now. There's been talk. You know, the, the final beta started earlier this year in China. I think Firefall.cn is the official Chinese website. And they actually, the female host, when they were talking about the game in China, actually asked him how much the game cost. He prodded him, and he confirmed that over a hundred million U.S. dollars have been invested in the game. <laughs> we have to go back and update our most expensive and most list and add this into the list because. And remember, this is for a free game because I mean, when Star Wars came out, it was a subscription, right? Yeah, yeah. So for this might be one of the t- biggest planned free-to-play MRPGs, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of budget, it's absolutely nuts. And did it at this time? The article is coming out. They're having trouble paying their employees. That's crazy. I just want to know where all that money went. I mean, like, what the hell could you have possibly blown it on? Other than more that buses, bus? more buses, <laughs> a legion of buses to tour the country. Actually, I think uh, was the nine the same publisher of Rift? Because I know they hired like this basketball player. They paid like what's his name. No, 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 that was Shan the game, somebody else. But Tryon like spent a lot of Tryon or the publisher in China paid like all these basketball players to endorse Rift. Like I play Rift, and it's so obviously fake. I thought I thought it was the nine, but it wasn't. Oh, you mean like the old WoW commercials? Yeah, but for 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 Rift. 
Yeah, that's uh, rest in pepperoni firefall. Maybe it'll do well in China. Who knows? Maybe that maybe maybe that cashmere company will be worth a lot There's of money. There's no way. Yeah, make a lot of money. Right. There's no way it's gonna do well in China. It was designed for a Western. Unless audience. they completely redeveloped it. Yeah. yeah. Here's a fun fact, guys. Do you know where the term the nine, like the company, do you know where they got their name? Mm-hmm. Or why they nope. named it that? No? Omar, no, please enlighten us. Enlighten us. All right. So I was actually curious about this. So I went to their uh, homepage, the about section, because mm-hmm. the nine, like what? Is it like nine people? Is it like nine family members or something? Nine businessmen who made it? But apparently it refers to online culture being the ninth art now, with the other being painting, sculpture, architecture, literature, music, dance, drama, and movie. And now MMORPGs. That's a pretty intense name. I like it. They're pretty intense. It's the ninth art form, apparently. I like that a lot. (laughs) I would, but I do like it. That's pretentious. It is pretty. He's he's comparing his games to like literature or sculpture. Ah, No one's gonna know that's what it means unless they read the about section. No one does that but you. Nine ways to waste a hundred million (laughs) dollars. Well, you know who else is gonna know this? Everyone that watches this video. That's, that's true. true. That's true. We've 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 enlightened people. All right. That's that's, that's what we do here. I'd like to be a source. All right. I think we should we should go to uh, games we played this last week. We usually mention that after the weekly raid, but we got kind of caught up in a lot of things. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's natural. So it's, it's like. Never mind. Go ahead. All right. Who wants to take it up first? Matt, I think you should take it away. You've had you've had quite the library to push through this week. If I remember right. I don't know. I've I've just played mostly this past week. It was um. Just mostly live lock and Halo Online. Then how, how are they? How so start with Halo Online. Start yeah. with our, okay. that one. To give us a story. So, yeah, so basically uh, Halo Online was originally developed for the Russian market between... It was a... That word is escaping me. It was a joint project between... Um, 343 Industries and Microsoft and some Russian company and the company behind um, 4Game, Innova Systems. Sorry, I'm trying to remember all this crap right now. And basically, it went through a few alphas and betas, and eventually it went offline for about eight months, I hear. It was offline. And um, eventually, the Russian publisher comes out and says we're canceling this because Microsoft has spent the past six months not making any decisions about the future of the game. Mm-hmm. And as Omer would say, it's easy to blame the other guy, so we don't know if it's true. But that's what happened. And what happened was during Alpha, some at some point, a copy of it leaked and now is open source, or at least the system that runs the the like you can host private dedicated servers like you can with old school FPSs mm-hmm. and the system that hosts that and makes sure everything works at least is open source. I don't know if they got a hold of the whole source. I haven't taken a look at it, but um, you can play the leaked alpha version that is in constant development right now still, even though it's being hosted completely for free and it's open source, the parts of it that they made themselves. And basically it's Halo 3 the multiplayer part for PC, and if you got um, Halo ODST back in the day, you'll remember that there was a disc with Halo 3's multiplayer, and it was basically the... It's basically that, with a bunch more different weapons that are like, you have the assault rifle that's focused on damage, or the assault rifle that's focused on fire rate, and they're different colors. And I think um, there are gold ones that I'm pretty sure were pay-to-win weapons, but I don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. And in... 
this private server version, the uh, the weapons are unbalanced right now because I guess they haven't worked on that part, and it's not a finished version, so they weren't balanced for release anyways. And like the assault rifle is completely worthless, which I'm mad about because I actually like the assault rifle. But um, it's fun. It's Halo. I mean, Halo Three, the MMO, free to play. It's literally like Halo. Halo. 3. So I mean, it's it's fun. Um, it's a little janky. There are a few things that do not work properly, and you have to like work around them. And yeah, that's it. I mean, I've I've had fun. There's one guy that jumped into a game, and everybody's doing like twelve and ten on the KD, right? And this one guy jumps in and he goes 61 and 12. Holy shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and he's like, I've been accused of hacking before, but I'm not hacking, I swear. And I'm just like, That's the just always fuck the off. hacker. Just fuck off. <laughs> so but, it's yeah. basically the private server for the game now. And anyone who's playing it, who wants to play on it, just go to the subreddit for Halo Online. There's a, there's a thread on there. I actually downloaded it myself. I was going to play with Matt, but then Shu came on and wanted to play something else. So I played with her, but I plan on checking it out myself too. And then if. Yeah, and then I got the alleged best name ever. It's called El Dorito. El Dorito. El Dorito. I have a question. Do you know which um, which Halo does it most feel Halo like? Halo 3. He said Halo 3. Okay. Halo 3. Okay. They're basically free-to-play online Halo 3, and the private server is uh, surviving. And you said it's being updated, right? The private server? Yeah, it's being updated isn't, regularly. Isn't it crazy that a private server for this game with, that's being run purely by volunteers gets like all that love and constant balancing... And we always hear shit from like, you know, I don't want to bring up vanilla again. The Blizzard couldn't do vanilla, but it shows that passion alone can like really, you can do a lot with passion and some skill. Yeah, <laughs> they have the passion. Fans have the passion, whereas developers yeah. just have the money. Exactly. Well, they have they a job. Yeah, they have a job. There you go. They yeah. go to a job and all they can think about is going home and drinking. So they and can watching forget Netflix, they have a job. Falling asleep. Watching, yeah, exactly. Whereas these guys are like, I can't wait to go home from my job and work on my private server. You know, that's... It does make a difference. Then you, you all, again, you have that that one man developed. Uh, was it uh, Stardew Valley? You know, one person made that game. And oh, it was that's awesome. nuts! It shows what you can do if you're actually really Undertale doing what you're well. doing. Undertale as well. There you go. You know, the Indian mode, the indie game dream is still alive out there if you have the passion <laughs> and um, the countless hours of effort and <laughs> <laughs> small chance of success, but still, <laughs> the dream um, is there. Um, I know a lot of us in chat probably have, like, I know a lot of people are PC Master Race in the audience, so if you guys haven't played Halo before, I definitely recommend playing it. I mean, it's not as balanced as Halo 3 was right now, but they're working on everything like that, and it's still fun. I mean, it's still Halo, so. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was playing with Dust, and he shot me out of a helicopter with a pistol, so, I mean, I, the balance is very iffy right now. Mm -hmm. But it's it's still pretty fun, and if you haven't ever played a Halo game, it's going to be a new experience, and it's very polished. So, like in terms of actual non-balance related stuff. Gummy, mm -hmm. what about you? Playing anything anything interesting this last week? This last week, I've been too busy. To yeah, move. you been moving around. Never mind. Tell, tell, instead of playing of the week, give us the doing of the week. Tell tell us about your life. Your life's been pretty exciting this week. Uh, Nebraska's a big state. If you want to drive across Whoa. Nebraska, so, start, start with the beginning. Start with the beginning. Like why you would go? You want me to share my personal details? No, uh, just I, quick. Like you know how you moved. And that's why you're. I moved from Jersey, Colorado, um, and now I'm here. I went. I did the drive twice. That's why I've not. I've not been in the podcast because I drove once, then I flew back and drove again. Were uh, you attacked by motorcycle gangs? 
There were a lot of motorcycle gangs. If you want to find motorcycle what? gangs, the middle, the Midwest. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There are a lot of people <laughs> on motorcycles, though. Um, I don't know. It wasn't that interesting. It rained a lot. There was really no interest. It, it, I don't know. Uh, no stories for us. No. Uh... Colorado is a beautiful state. The Rockies are gorgeous. Everybody here is far more fit than me. They're all like 80 years old and climbing up mountains. And uh, I don't know. That's it. That was okay, my stress. That's all that's happened to me. I'll sum it up for Gumby. He moved there because it's legalized weed. All right. That's that's the reason he's there. That is not the reason I moved that is 100% here. hundred percent he's there. I will say I've seen more people who look like they're I've seen more deadheads, Grateful Dead fans, and white kids with dreadlocks than ever before in my life. <laughs> they all congregate here. So it is pretty funny. All right. Yeah, that, that's it though. Omer and Matt, go ahead. I know Alta and I have been playing a lot of for yeah, this last week. Because I was going to play more. Of, I played some of 14, not enough because I, I, my cousins were over these last two weeks and they're finally gone. So I have back to my normal schedule. But Feria, I have to, I have to admit it, guys. A good game came out of Kickstarter. I mean, there's been a few. And this is a CCG, not tech. I mean, we still call it MMO, right? But it's a CCG. And so I guess you can say a good MMO came out of Kickstarter. We had Feria. Which is oh, I didn't actually know that. So Feria came from kickstarter yes yes i know i'm like the anti-kickstarter guy here but uh they raised ninety-four thousand dollars on kickstarter and it's actually made by a belgium company uh, who who knew belgium made games i mean i thought they were just exclusively all about that chocolate but yeah it's a game that my brother i've been playing a decent amount of i streamed it a couple times i know a few of the viewers on here sock is streaming it as well she's been playing it like crazy her brother's been playing it i mean we got it's spreading we're spreading the love of faria it's just a Hearthstone-esque game with a bit more complexity and depth. I actually liked it because it reminded me of Magic the Gathering. Because you have five, the land types, you know, desert, lake, mm -hmm. forest, mountain. Uh, so it was very, it was kind of, it was way more fun for me than Hearthstone was. I felt like I was in control more. I had more options and choices and paths to take. So I'm really enjoying it. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll keep playing this one. One thing that's funny is <laughs> you never want to commit to something, right? Because if you look at the Kickstarter page, they said, like, uh, pay to win is for suckers, right? And our game's going to cost money, and then nobody can pay to win, right? Because they, they thought the whole uh, paying for cards was, like, a no-go, and you can't do it. So they said, we're not about that pay to win. That's why we're charging money. And all of a sudden, uh, they're like, wait a minute. They relaunched this free-to-play. The game cost money at first. Now it's free-to-play. But what I love is that you can buy booster packs. You get cards pretty quickly by playing the missions, unlocking currency, all that jazz, right? What I love is that if you pay $50 in one shot, you unlock all the cards. Hearthstone will never do that because they, they make so much money off the booster packs. But it's a smaller indie company. They can they can you know they can do this, differentiate themselves. And I like that business model. You have the free to play, you can get all the cards slowly on your own. You can even buy packs individually if you want, or you just pay the 50 bucks one shot, bada bing, bada boom, and you get everything for yourself. I like that. Yep. I like that option. Yeah, they say no microtransaction, no free to play. The only way to grow your collection is to play. Well, that was the original pertinent agreement when they made the kickstarter and they backpedaled on that pretty quickly well not quickly because it went free to play just i think last week but yeah it's a fun game if you like hearthstone i say check it out another distinct feature i, I want to point out is you get an arena run for free every single day you get a, like, it's a smaller arena run i think up to six wins or two losses but you get one of those every single day and i think one of the most fun aspects of hearthstone for me was arena runs in order to get arena runs you got to do quests but whereas in in Faria, you get them for free so people log in, just do their inner run, and you get to build that new deck, run through it. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, props to Faria. Had me, had me hooked for this last week. As the resident TCG expert who hasn't played Hearthstone, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, there you go. 
Come here, have you, have you, I mean, have you played Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, like any? Yeah, I played. Like, I played everything but Hearthstone. How do you play? Did you play Scrolls? Yeah, well, actually, it's true. You got me. I haven't played Scrolls either. That's fair. Oh my, Matt, have you played Hearthstone? Uh, yeah. Okay, at least at least I got you because I know Alt I barely played. I think I'm I played it. Okay, so I played Hearthstone for like three hours, and I played in like the ranked mode. And mm-hmm. because I was at the bottom of the ranks, I just played with the Shaman deck, like the default Shaman deck. Yeah. I won every single match I played, and I quit. Okay, well, how how am I the only one here that's played Hearthstone like decently? And I, I only play like probably fifty to hundred hours, but I feel like I got my fill out of Hearthstone in that time. But it's a big game. Hearthstone makes like. M- m- Ten million dollars a month, something crazy. So they're 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 making bank. Friends of mine play every single week, and that's when I mute. <laughs> I just leave the channel because they just start talking about Hearthstone. Maybe they'll talk so, about uh, something else. Maybe they'll start talking about Furia next week. You never know. Maybe talk about right. Furia. I mean, Furcadia. Yeah. I want to sneak sneak in one thing before we move uh, to. Uh, I think Altai brought up news, put an article about the South Korean game industry, but. It's kind of related to that, too, so this will lead into it. If you look at Game Tricks, we talked about this, uh, I think, a few weeks ago, that Overwatch, since their launch, has been dominating South Korean internet cafes. The data has swift has swiftly changed now. The honeymoon for Overwatch, I think, in South Korea is over. League of Legends is back on top at 27% versus 25%. And I think that that lead is going to go right back to League. I think... South Korea loves yeah, them. Their I league. think you're right. I think there's a lot of promotion going on by Blizzard, so that's kind yes. of starting to fade. That's why. So that that you know, people were saying it's going to be the next big thing, guaranteed. Look at the Korean data; it's such a big played game. Korea is big on esports; they love Overwatch. And all of a sudden, all roads lead back to League. It looks like. I think Blizzard is casual them. confirmed. I think Blizzard killed themselves by having this interim between seasons. It's not a big. It's, it's not a big interim. Though. I think it. I think it makes a big difference because I don't even want to play in quick play. I think that hurt them. Wow. I'm just going to say that that's actually hard. I'm just saying, I think it does. I think it hurts them. They shouldn't have such a delay. Well, I, I quit playing for like a week while I was away, and I haven't played since. <laughs> we'll see. I'm curious, uh, because they release charts uh, consistently. So if we can get a chart after that week, first week of Season 2, I'm curious. If we'll see where it jumps. We'll see if it jumps. If it has a little jump. I'm going to go ahead and say it will. Yeah. I'll tell you, you put an article up on, uh, you, you mentioned the Financial Times. I believe that that author says Sean Sullivan, not... That does say Sean uh, Sullivan. I'll let, I'll let Sean take this one. Uh, Wait, Aaron did an article? What is this? Except Sean except Sean I couldn't Sean. read the Financial Times article, so maybe Aaron can fill in the gap. All right, this guy doesn't know how to use Google News, all right? That's all I'll say. You gotta, you gotta Google the name of an article you want to read if it's behind a Look, payroll. You're, and then we're you in the rush to, to do stuff, all right? You don't have time to go to Google <laughs> News. That's what it comes down right, to. Give, give us your summary, and I'll fill in if there's any gaps. Basically, the Financial Times reported that the heyday of South Korean games exports due to development and monetization expertise is now over. Uh, Basically signaling that South Korean gaming as an industry is in decline due to increased competition and just uh, not having games that capture the market like they used to. Uh, And this was reported by Financial Times. So go ahead, Aaron. Why don't you fill in the details there for us? And uh, since you are the... All right, first, read first, the whole first, I'll show you how to access an article. All right, ready? Oh my god! So you get the name here. The name of this one is. This is good for everyone, honestly. If you want to read, if you find like an article that's interesting, it's behind a paywall, and a bunch of news sites do that for whatever reason. So you paste the yes. URL here. Paste and search. All right, let me see this. Okay, we go to news. Okay, you see how it says Financial Times? You click that. Oh, look at that! We can read the article. Can you just RSS this too? What? I don't think so. No, you no, no, no. You got to go to Google News. So right, then the more we, you know. we are. 
Now we got some beautiful charts going on. Let's My see the God. charts. All right, go ahead. Now give us give us the uh, the deets. Okay, the deets is as we all know, South Korea was dominating the world with their. Uh, they were first on the scene with things like free to play, with microtransaction for PC games. They were they were really up there with MMORPGs uh, since the beginning. Mir two, uh, things like that. Uh, we made uh, the biggest games in China for years and years and years. Ragnarok, global sensation. Maple Story, global sensation. Mm-hmm. But they have not made the transition to mobile well. Top mobile games and even the top non MMORPG games, which are now the top games, are things like League <laughs> of Legends from America, owned by China. And Overwatch, owned by America, uh, and the, the the homegrown games are just dying. Are they're not innovating? Uh, and it's not it's not from lack of trying. They're trying mobile games. Nexon makes a lot of mobile games now. They don't have a single major like top ten hit yet. Yeah, that's true. So that's basically what the article goes into. Uh, if you're interested in the de- details, which I find interesting, uh, now you know how to access the article, like Sean here. It's well, worth I, mentioning. Yeah, go I ahead, guess Matt. this. Um, I guess these figures explain why they're outsourcing many of their mobile efforts to china like you'll see like one of the lineage games is that's coming to mobile is being made yep. by Chinese ship. Company. yeah i can't remember who now and um then you have mu origin was a franchise effort made by a chinese company i mean a lot of these mobile games are really being outsourced and I know if you look at that chart, I know Altai said they're kind of being eclipsed. But if honestly, on a per person basis, the Chinese gaming, uh, the Korean South Korean gaming revenue is still the highest. Remember, U.S. has more than six times the population of China. Yet, you know, if you multiply the the number by six, the number is huge for for South Korea. So on a per person basis, their numbers are still great, and they still have games like DFO. But again, it's kind of big because of China. You have a game like Crossfire. So- Crossfire and DFO alone—they're both Korean developed games. Are number two and three on our list of highest revenue generating online pc games see what i hear when i hear average revenue per user is that they don't have an aversion to paying for things that they play Mm. for 100 hours a month like we americans do that's true (laughs) same with same with japan they're they're much more likely to pay for free-to-play stuff i think it's worth pointing out too uh with this article is just how many other countries have kind of risen up and solidified themselves in the market Mm -hmm. especially russia I think does a great job. Uh, Wargaming and my.com. Is my doc, my.com is Russian, right? Yeah. So yeah. They, they both, you know, they both got a, a nice self foot in the industry. Isn't um, my.com so just, owned by mail.ru? Yeah, they're Russian. Yeah. So, I mean, you just, you have uh, a bigger globalized audience and you have more competition. Um, so South Korea just isn't the, you know, they, they were once, you know, they were the central point. That's where you, you look to. Uh, but it's just not the fo- that focal point anymore. I don't think they're going to get it back anytime soon. They are, like I think Aaron said before, they are trying to port a lot of their older IPs to mm-hmm. mobile. Lineage, Blade and Soul. Yep. Uh, Mabel Story has like six <laughs> mobile games in development. So they're trying really hard, but I just, just like, no, you can't compete with Japan's Monster Strike or Supercell's Clash of Clans. These are titans. So, <laughs> uh, And China, time- too. China, too, is is... is Really, with Revelation, they're really coming out. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. Yeah, for the time being, it really is, I think, possibly too late to come back and to really get back into the limelight unless some of these start dying down and their audiences start looking for a new game. I mean, like Clash of Clans, there's so many Clash of Clans clones, including those by Supercell, and it's still way up there. I mean, it is still doing incredibly well. Like, basically the top of the games like that and I mean, I just, uh, I guess 
in Altai's perfect world, there would be switch. They would switch out again, and some other country would take over. But uh, it, it really does show that it is a bit too late in the mobile arena to really grab hold of a market and really go, run with it. Unless, unless you're Pokemon. You make it, unless you make a new genre again, I don't think it's gonna be hard. Or unless to you're break. Pokemon. No, no. Like, nobody's going to be Clash of Clans at the time soon, but, or, or Game of War. These two games are dominating, right? But if you make something different, you can make your own market and then gain share over there. Well, I, you still have to do that with the assumption that there is a market for it that's as large as these other ones. You the, make your own market. The issue is yep, unlearning but, old ways. And the article said something about one of the one of the executives at like NCSoft or next time mm-hmm. one of those. He said our expertise with these like t- high-end networked MRPGs for PC is actually hurting us because their design philosophy, they're like way of developing is set for that and that doesn't work today with mobile so they have to unlearn and then relearn which is why a lot of the big green uh japanese games mobile games that are making so much money are not made by the giants like there's smaller studios that just started to make those games and doing really well and now you see like square enix with mobius final fantasy trying to do mm-hmm. uh, one of those typical types of games but they have an almost final fantasy 13 like combat system and it's a little, it's a little weird. Um, it has really nice graphics, but I, I don't know how it feels overall. All right. Uh, I'll showing the page for Revelation Online. And worth mentioning that they they did release their founder pack stuff. Uh, the one thing I thought was pretty funny on here: the game is uh, closed beta starts in October sometime. They, as Matt said earlier, they they couldn't decide when October. Just October was the month. And if you scroll down for the late the the ninety dollar founders pack at the bottom, look at that exclusive flying mount you get at the bottom. That is the best Founders Pack award right there. Just look at that cat. Does that cat make you want to spend 90 bucks? You know what this reminds me of? Uh, mm. Gintama. Uh, but I don't think that cat was flying. But correct me. It might have been. If you guys saw Gintama. I, I have not seen Gintama, even though it's pretty well There's rated. like a girl who's really strong, and she rides uh, a giant cat like that. <laughs> this is a pretty hype game, though. I mean, we, we talked about it, I think, last week or the week before. But, I mean, I'm going to give it a try. Graphics. The cool thing about this game was a seamless world. Again, I, I mentioned that you're going to have... Like the old school lineage two style world, where there's no zoning. It's a massive, massive world. So I'm looking forward to at least seeing that again in a modern MRPG. So many new games kind of segment the player base in the smaller areas that you zone between. So it'll be a nice touch with the Revelation. We'll see how that does. So I think oh, you were the one who did the hype me up for this, right? No, yep. it was me. Oh, no. for Revelation, for Revelation. Revelation. No, Revelation. Never mind. Never mind. Nice try, Gumby. Sneak it. Sorry, in, I was trying to sneak in. I'm so sorry. are you hyped? Are you hyped? You're gonna buy. You're gonna buy the deluxe pack, right? Because you're so hyped. Oh, 100. No, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, play when it's free to play. I, I was kind of. I was kind of interested passively in this. Like, I'm not gonna go out and like actively try to get in the closed beta. Like, I've put my email into their little form. Me and, too. Me yeah, too. Revelation it, online. Yeah. If anyone is listening that, out there, we'll do a we'll do a video Sunday Funday or like a beta whatever mm. a video. If you guys send us all deluxe packs, and, you want anyway, deluxe packs. And, Anyways, uh, I was, I was <laughs> sort of interested, but then when I heard you could switch between action combat and tap targeting, and that just kind of tapered off for me. It's doing the whole like try combat system camera thing, <laughs> as we saw. I just I wasn't okay with that. And then um, like it's different with a game like Eloa. It's still clunky, but like Eloa, it's just three different fighting styles. With this, it's like three different types of control, and and just. Something's going to come out on top for every one of the classes, and it's just not worth having the other ones, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, in, if you want to go with action combat, you have to go with action combat. You can't do action combat with tab targeting mechanics, in my opinion. Like, it has to really be made for it to feel like it's action combat. Otherwise, it just feels like you're pointlessly clicking the buttons 
just because it says you need to. All right, before we before we switch, you got to show this 15 second clip. This is called Revolution Online Logic. This is on RMORPG. I love RMORPG sometimes. Some quality links on there. Put the volume up. Put the volume up. Put the volume up. All right, I'll you start it over. It. Oh, no, I won't start it over. You're fine. Okay, she's falling with some. <laughs> Did not see that coming. <laughs> That's so good. Is that real? The sound effect was added, I think. It was pretty oh. It's a perfect dive. <laughs> But the fact that she didn't like fall into the water, she's just right at the top. It's just a little, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Boop. All right, all right. Yo, guys, she she would get the grandmaster um, uh, medal. At yeah, she wouldn't get a gold because at, she's at, much at, better than average. At, at Matt's Olympics, she she would get grandmaster. <laughs> all right, everyone's curious. I dropped a link in there, but let's uh, let's take it this this week to the hype me of the week, and we have a pretty a pretty hype game this week that probably doesn't require too much hyping. So Gumby, his job is made quite easy this week. But... Thankfully, thankfully. Sean just has to say the name and he's done. Okay. Uh, right, start. Done. Bring on the applause. Done. Next. <laughs> All right. Hype me, Gumby. Hype me. So basically, the reason why I bring this up is that thank since none of us can read Korean or have Korean socials, we all look to Steparo. Some many of you may know Steparo. Um, and a lot of information has come out. So we decided to just kind of gleam over it, maybe provide some details. So if you don't know, and you, you kind of probably should, Lost Ark is an upcoming fantasy. It actually is an MMORPG. So if you guys didn't know, it's not an action RPG. It's an MMORPG. It's to be published by Smilegate, who also publishes Crossfire. Uh, we've talked about it a lot since a 20-minute video came out from G-Star 2014, which I think we all agreed was just this epic trailer because mm -hmm. it just showed up. So uh, basically, the game, uh, to start off, you're going to have four archetypes. So you launch the game, you're going to pick between four archetypes. You get your warrior, fighter, gunner, magician, and as you play the game, you'll get to advance to new classes later on. Uh, so without going into too much detail there, so there is an advancement system. You will specify how you want to play the archetypes. So if you're a warrior, if you're a berserker, warlord, we've all heard this before. Uh, the main thing I'm pretty excited about for this is how cinematic it's trying to be. It basically wants to be the Michael Bay of uh, video games. You actually have something called Cinematic Dungeons. So as you roll through, uh, say you're you're in a war, uh, people attacking, say a fortress, uh, you'll have to perform different tasks that advance, you know, the attack. And as you do so, you, it'll cut to these little cinematic sequences that try and develop the narrative and push you forward. And what's most interesting is how the camera angle in the game and as you play will actually change, uh, not too dramatically, in order to emphasize what's going on on the ground. So sometimes you'll be looking down at your character. Sometimes you'll be looking at it at more of a like a 45 degree angle. Uh, in order to try and push it. The entire game isn't like that, uh, but it's just an interesting way to create narrative. There was one dungeon uh, where if you guys have seen The Hobbit, uh, you're rolling through with a party, you're all doing, you know, these they're automated sequences, you know, you're not doing it yourself, but, you know, you see all the goblins pop out of the woodwork as you're rolling through. So it is interesting that they're trying to do that. Um, they're not trying to just be like a run-of-the-mill act like Davillion, you know, mm -hmm. they're trying to stand out. Um, as you play the game, you do do quests. It's going to be like Blade and Soul or Tree of Savior, so it's not an open world. You'll you'll take on quests that you've already done before. You'll um, complete all the quests, move on to the next area. So you are locked. It's not going to be hallways, but it will be similar to Tree of Savior. Uh, so you start one area, you move on to the next, and that's that's pretty much it. But the whole point, of course, is to to get to end game. Uh, and what I like <laughs> about Lost Ark, I think the most is just how many different ways you can pursue endgame gear uh, once you've reached the level cap. So uh, instead of just having you know raids or dungeons and stuff, you're going to have hidden dungeon scrolls, a tower of infinity, guardian raids, 
uh, field bosses, world bosses. So there's just so many different ways you can go about gearing up. So you can just roll through like a normal dungeon, you know, party four, I believe. You could do raids, uh, and you can also take on you know world bosses. And I love world bosses. More games need to use world bosses. I love I the agree. idea of just getting a party together. You take on this boss that you know you've looked at him from the distance. It's like, man, I'm gonna kill that guy once I finish these quests. Um, what's also I find uh, there there is also PvP in the game. It's gonna be arena based, so it's more like Blade and Soul. You'll basically pick between three v three or free for all. No clue. I feel like free for all is just gonna be a total. You know, total chaos. I don't know how that would work, but it's basically a 3v3 arena. You queue from town, uh, roll through, and there are different. There is an elo, and there's also ranks. So you can just do PvP if you want. So Par Report, he thinks there is uh, gear equalization. So gear won't yeah. play as much of a role. You'll all be in the same. I think we've talked about that before. Uh, basically, I, I lost arc. I think what its its best feature is that there's this huge variety in environments. Very flashy skills, um, and so many different ways to pursue that endgame gear. So, and, and so they're really emphasizing um, the different paths you can take to try and max yourself out. Now, the game is uh, likely going to be free to play. A business model has not been decided upon. But as far as I know, there isn't any type of like um, weird enchanting in the game. So you, there, there's. According to Stafaro, it shouldn't open too many avenues for pay to win. Of course, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, one well, interesting aspect is as you, uh, I, after I finish the sentence, go for it. Uh, as you increase, like you, you do something to increase your stats, you will have to like, negotiate. So, like maybe something will give you plus three attack, but it'll take away three attack speed. So, mm-hmm. I like that. I like the idea that it's not just bonus, bonus, bonus. But go ahead, Matt. Uh, oh, I was just going to clarify you know, that. Uh, Someone on the development team has gone on record saying that they know that a lot of people in the West and other areas want like a subscription model, but they are leaning towards free to play at this time, and they have promised that they don't want to do like they've gone. They've said not promised. They've said that they don't want a pay to win game. Yeah, nobody comes out and says I want to make a pay to win game. Nobody says that. No, but okay, but nobody says that they don't want to make it pay to win. Usually, unless they're like some Western um, company that's trying to appeal to the Western audience and the anti-pay to win crowd. Again, they they, they will say. say. Okay, I will say one small disappointment. I guess you can say I have a wariness. You know. That I have with the game so far is after watching a few videos, it seems a little slower than I would prefer. Like the game, yeah. And I guess that matches the MMORPG genre yes. more than maybe the action RPG that we were kind of hoping or, or assuming the game was trying to go for. That's what My I man, They're trying to simulate the 24 frames per second of the classic cinematographic cin- cinematographic experience. Deep. Let me be clear though. There is. Um... From what I understand, most of these bosses aren't going to be like Wildstar raid fights. They're going to be more like big sponges that you just have to, you, you dodge a preset of attacks and you just keep moving around them until you wheedle them down to zero the, health. And yeah, cinematic bosses sound great in theory, but what I keep thinking of is like platformers from the late 90s and early 2000s. Meet and just any of them but they're all very very simple mechanically and they have very simple patterns and it's not exactly what i want to see in mmo i don't mind this like i'm watching this boss video right here i don't mind this because this kind of reminds me of like diablo right the boss is basically sponges 
But again, that matches the ARPG feel more than MMORPG. So I was hoping oh, for more of a hybrid. This boss could be like pretty early on too. Yeah, Keep yeah, that yeah, in mind. yeah. Let's not, you know, let's start no, judging this I boss mean, No, I'm saying cinematic bosses, like the yeah. cinematic dungeon. The, the problem with having a boss that sits on the edge like that is that it almost, in, it almost definitely confirms that it's going to be a very simple fight. I don't mind that. Like, remember Yeez, Yeez or whatever? Yeez boss fights were pretty, you know, they, they had the same rotation, but they were fun. I you had a lot of them, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. All right. I oh, want to say one yeah, issue. This boss fight looks awful, guys, in chat. I, I, I yeah, agree. But this, this, this could be pretty early boring. on. This could be super early on. Let's not, you know, this could be like. No, I'm not saying that. Hard. I'm just saying that one that we're watching right now looks yeah. boring as all hell. All right. But, but when you say boring. I, I, it's no. pretty default. You it know? looks yeah, it looks typical for like an action yeah, RPG, typical. early action RPG like mini boss. I, I thought that was like yeah. a, a whole boss. Also, I want to say, do you think a problem with Lost Ark already is the game is getting too much hype? Because very few like games get like this much hype going into it. Like I feel uh, like I, too much hype could hurt a game. I feel like I did not know that there was an action RPG audience that was still this big, considering how like underplayed the entire genre has been. But Pathfinder has been pretty huge. Diablo three has done well. I mean, as, as a whole, though, the genre has basically disappeared. I think free to some free to play ones like Davillion have been like so big disappointments. But I think Path of Exile has been and Diablo three have been pretty big enough to show the genre is still there. I don't know. My um, my biggest concern is that with all this like cinematic content and all this like you know like really polished content, there's not going to be that much. That's my concern. I, uh, from what I've gathered after my my very brief research, I think it's more. There's a lot of variety, and I think they're banking on that variety being uh, what keeps you playing long term. I mean, there are what did I count six different ways to go about getting geared up at end game, rather than just you know say this normal path is like two ways PvP or dungeons. So I think that's interesting. I, I think you're right though. Maybe that. There will be some polishing issues. Um, one thing to point wow, out, I guess I didn't I'm mention... Saying, I'm saying that because they have so much polish and so much cinematic... like They've put so much effort into like all of it, you know, like the environments, the way everything looks, that I'm just worried there's not going to be a lot of it. Are you there's saying it's too polished, Matt? I'm saying it might... They I, might I yeah, what you're saying. I'm saying they might have put too much polish into it, and maybe there won't be enough content when that, it launches. That's literally exactly how I felt about that Star Citizen 52-minute video at the Gamescom. That, 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 I'm like, wow, that quest is really cool that they showed off, right? But that made me worry that can they keep that momentum on like every quest and make the world really yeah. alive? It's so, just, I, yeah. I, I just get the feeling that this is going to be a 30-hour game, and then it's going to be over. Well, we'll see when it comes out. I mean, if, again, Smilegate's got the money. They got the moolah. They're the publishers and developers of uh, Crossfire that makes over a billion dollars a year. So they got the money for it. Just did, to, you, uh, did you read anything uh, about like, the sailing part or exploration? That part wasn't... Um, from what was experienced in the closed beta test, that part was not gone over. So I'm not sure. I think those... So from what I understand, those parts of the game will be part of dungeons or the area itself. <laughs> so I don't I don't actually know how the world exploration works because that is that was one of the big features towers that you'll go out and explore the world yourself. But as far as I understand, it's more blade and soul trees here. It's not this huge open world, so I don't mm-hmm. quite understand that aspect. Uh, just someone asked in chat. As far as I know, as well, there will be two control features uh, using the mouse and skills are using WASD, so you can switch between the two. Uh, there, are, crafting seems to be missing. I believe, although you do 
you do farm and grow trees and stuff. I'm not sure how that actually plays into the game at large. A lot of details are kind of uh, missing because none of us read or speak Korean. <laughs> um, so I think this is this is a cautious hype. Yeah, I think yeah. like well, Omar was saying is that it's been hyped so much, and I don't even really quite understand why. I think it just looks really great, and it, it is it, on it, Unreal it, Engine three. I, I think trees are not. I almost said tree of savior. I think um, Lost Ark is that perfect example of if you get five minutes of content that looks perfect, people will assume that everything looks perfect. Yeah, well, that was a criticism: is that some of the areas are not as polished or optimized as as you would be led to believe from the trailer. So but again it is still it's a, a trailer. Closed, it just closed beta test one, I believe just ended. There's three. How much more polishing will go on? I'm not sure. Yes. And here's I, what I'm, I'm worried about. Here's what I'm worried about. Despite the fact that the developers they want to make it free to play, I think it's gonna launch it might launch in America or the West as a buy to play game. And the reason being we had a game like um Black Desert Online which launched as buy to play and it sold a shit ton of copies and that, that got a lot of developers thinking. <coughs> you have a game like Dark and Light, which is being developed by Snell Games, we talked about yeah. it last week. That's for sure going to cost money. And the reason it's going to cost money is because they're like, wait a minute, look at Black Desert Online. That shit sold like, they made like $5 million, something crazy, making it buy to play. And it's for sure going to be free to play in China because Chinese gamers are not going to pay up for a buy to play MMORPG. So because of BDO's success is buy to play, we're gonna, I think we're going to see more games opt to go buy to play at launch and then maybe maybe transition later if they have to well i've also got two more points on, on that matter with the stats that we saw earlier and black desert may have been kind of a like an effect by the cause of um caused by black desert's buy to play model may have been caused by the declining market in korea that's what i'm trying to say it may have been that they saw a chance to do something different and decided to go with it and see if they could recoup some of the costs. Mm -hmm. All right, I have a quick... Then, then um, before we move off of the mechanics entirely, the other cautious optimism I have is that we have seen some sailing, but perhaps the sailing feature is just kind of prototyped and it kind of works, but none of the other continents really exist yet. All right, here's my, here's my point, guys. Ready? Is that actually related to mechanics? So in this video, uh, I linked it to you guys in Discord. Mm -hmm. At 45 seconds, right, he jumps Looking. on uh, this like tightrope bridge, and he just gets to the other side. Yeah. Uh, personally, I hate when RPGs do this. This is so pointless. It kind of, it's like, what's the point of this? <laughs> I disagree with you, but it depends on how it's done. Like, there's not. At least it was a mini game. We got to push like left or right to like stay, or else you fall and so. <laughs> All right, fine. Well, see. This is like uh, when I watch the Final Fantasy VII remake trailer, and they have Cloud just crouch and go under like some random little passage through what looks like rubble. You know what I mean? And it's just like, why do I have to do this? Why couldn't you just make it slight bit taller and you just walk through it? You know? Yeah, like, right. I'm gonna why do you have to crouch right and now. walk really I'm slowly? Too. I'm with Matt. I'm gonna disagree. My disagreement is the reason why you have these these moments is one for environmental context. It's there. I mean, sometimes it's not done right. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes yeah, there's yeah. no point. But in a lot of instances, when you do have that, it's about establishing context for your own personal narrative. Oh, here's where I am. This is a cliff face. This falls into some empty abyss, and that's I know where I am. It's about it's about world building. If you just had nothing, it was just a path. It, the world, it, it, no, no, it doesn't not, have the same. But that's a false choice. I'm not saying don't have anything. I'm saying do it, but do well, maybe fewer of them and make it more impactful. Like, for example, you got to push left and right. Yeah, I don't think keep... you need to have that left or you and right. Fall, and then, you no, that's, that's, 
Okay, what's, what's going to happen that. if you fall, though? Like you, you, you go back to town or something. I don't know. Whatever. This is an example, but yeah, I, I, Aaron, I, I don't think you need to always have a fully interactive experience. For I, I disagree to have value. too. Please listen. Also, as long as it's not like literally I'm, done all the time, it can be done in short bursts and be okay. As, as Gumby was saying. The little what what I liked about FF14, a very small detail, and I I told Altai this before I even mentioned the podcast earlier, was that oh when you hand the quest to FF14, you actually have to, you know, give it to the guy the quest time. It's like a little menu. You give the quest time to him. It's such a stupid little thing. It takes half a second. And Altai, you could argue that's inefficient. You're wasting my time. You can do that no, quicker, right? It's not a time not, thing. Okay, I'm not arguing not a, time. It's not the it same adds thing. context. It adds no, context. No, 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 that's fine. No, I agree that that's one percent of time, please. Ah oh, shit. Sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. I've been okay, trying I think Matt and I have the exact same. Confusion uh, point against that, and where, where there you're actively doing something, you're handing them yes. an item. But when I go to the end of a tightrope and I click go to other side, and I watch my guy, you know, whoa, it's so exciting, he's about to fall. JK, there's, there's no interaction, you just get to the other side. That's not the same thing as you physically it, it, handing it, it over. It's world building because actually, you, the environment you're in, I would argue, you, you, I would argue you're helping my cause. No, right, but that example, what, what you're what dragging gonna, it in. Well, I was gonna say that, oh, go ahead. Um, the whole thing with Final Fantasy is that it's not a time thing, it's just aggravating. It just feels pointless. Like, And it's not like you literally hand it to the person, you click a little thing, you click another item, and then you click handover. It's just, it's pointless. You can just right-click it, too, to drag it instantly. Yeah, that's what I mean. You click it. You you click on it, you but click the little thing. you don't like that in 14? No, it's it's. I like pointless. it a lot. Even I, I thought it was like... If, I, I was The first time I did like, wow, this is cool. I'm actually like giving stuff to them, and it feels that way. And this How? is my first rodeo. I thought it was cool. Right, you guys How? are arguing specifics, but this was supposed to be an abstract. Yeah. How? How about? Yeah, anyways, I just I, my problem with mechanics like the tightrope is that it intentionally makes your character move slower for a period of time that it doesn't really have any effect on anything. Exactly, but it does. No, it does It's just no, but the, my the environment. Guys, okay, so again, I, I guess you guys aren't addressing it. So just tell me I'm wrong in saying that. Those moments, when done properly, like an opt your ideal vision of what that would be if you had it accepted, does absolutely you. nothing to establish uh, world building or environments. All you want. So what I'm hearing is that all you want to do is you you lock on a certain aspect of content and you just want to uh, have okay, that content but... shoved back at you as soon as possible. You don't want to walk across the tightrope. No, you want to I, get right to the no, next mob. No, no but here's no, the I want to walk across the tightrope to have context. Like you could replace it with a rope bridge and you could just run across and set no, a stupid little tightrope. Hold up, thing. hold up. No, I, I, come on, come on, come on. Ready? Go, go ahead. I want to walk across the tightrope. What you yeah, yeah. want is me to right click, click a button, and then it just goes there slowly and I watch What it I'm go. saying is I don't mind that. I think I think that it can be done well, and I. It can be done it well. It just wasn't. Here. You don't need a mini game for it. I don't think. I or something. That was an example. That was an example. It's okay. got to be something like some. It could be any. It could be abstract. I'm talking like, total. You just, you, remember, you just saw this guy climb up the vine. Did you see that? He climbed up the vine. Is that also as silly? Abstract Does he have to snack? hold it up? His finger up, at least. No, okay. Here, here's here's the problem with. Okay, so the vine thing. You, you can't get rid of vines and ladders because there's there's only one way to go up and down. You know what other than stairs and you know there's no way to add stairs in context but the thing with the rope there's no context for why there's a rope there it's you're, you're saying it there. context but why here's, would there be a rope there here's Everybody the counter argument there. yeah here's the perfect counter argument everything man Evan said why even have me run between mobs i'm just wasting my time i'm running across a flat floor why not just have me constantly fight mobs what's the point of having no. any environment but, at all okay but here, here's the for you to interact with, but you're not interacting with the rope. I'm not interacting. If it's a flat surface, if I have a flat plane, 
right? Okay. What interaction am I doing besides moving forwards, backwards, left, right? But, but right? If, you're trying to tell me that's meaningful if you're on a flat, if you're on a flat plane, right, and you're okay, on the W, that's your default, right? And everything beside everything that's not a flat plane should should have a different effect on your character now. Or already, if, they, if you don't want to, if you don't want the tightrope, if they're not going to make you do something with the tightrope, just put a regular bridge. That's, that's what I said. The yeah. rope bridge. Well, here's the, a rope bridge. I don't see the difference. The difference is that you don't have this thing where you automatically move. You're actively moving across. I'm automatically moving like a robot anyway when I go across the rope bridge. It's but just you're another, not. You're actually clicking. That, no, you, I can only move in these, one direction. I can only move left to right. It's still an autonomous experience on my right. part. Only, if this context is important, is that the system is, is doing it and that I'm not doing it. That's the only difference. It's still an autonomous okay, interaction. But, my my major point though is my problem with Lost Ark is that it seems to want to bring back a lot of mechanics from old school platformers. That that's what I'm seeing with this. All right. Well, I, I don't have a problem with Lost Ark. I'm looking forward to playing it. The game's not out yet. I can't. I can't have a problem with the game that's not out yet. <laughs> oh, it's a Star Citizen. Arr, no, I'm kidding. These kind but of things uh, always bother me in RPGs. I don't know. Like, it's not just this tightrope. It's just in general. It's like these gimmicks I, like this. I, the, I, I, I really, really don't. I don't tightrope. follow at all. If there was multiple tightropes and it just seems stupid after no. a point, it's fine. No, no, you're right. I'm not saying this is a problem with Lost Ark. This might be the only tightrope in the whole game. I don't know. But I'm saying okay. in general, in RPGs, when you have these stupid things where it's like, click X to hoverboard. And you're and like, oh, cool, I get to hoverboard. I push X, I just watch my guy float for a All right, second. let me, I got one last argument for this. Make it quick. We've been on this issue Real quick, the reason, the reason why you have those moments is that it's a moment of reflection, right? It's a moment no, it's of not. reflection. Yes, it, no, is. it is. It's just no, like, it can be, it can be, it can be. Stop interrupting. Oh my God. It's just like in film. It, uh, don't even try, don't dis, dis this by calling it pretension. In, in film or in any art form, you have moments where you're supposed to take a moment. It, it's a moment of silence. It's a moment, it's an inner room. And the idea is to reflect on the process and the experience that's been going on. When you're going across that tightrope autonomously, it allows your brain to process what's been going on and what you've been doing. If it's just constant action, you're nothing, you're no different than an autoplay system in a Chinese browser game. You're, That's you're it. making. I don't think anybody. Arguments. Yeah. On the, the, that the is not crazy. Gumby is saying. Gumby, Altai is not saying what you, you. He's not saying you should be constantly you're fighting. You're putting words in my mouth with the. I don't uh, think anybody went into this saying we should put a tightrope in there for a moment of reflection. I think they went into that saying this would be cool because it looks cool. You, you don't know? know what they're thinking. I point of, uh, you I'm know not trying to say what, what the intention thinking. is. I'm saying how it works. And most people do things without without analyzing their intentions. That's that's totally different. All right, guys. You know what a good moment of reflection is when you first go to the capital city and the music changes and you see the big gates in front of you and a drawbridge and it takes a while to walk there. That's sure. your moment of reflection. Not not I kill the mob on the other side of the screen is another mob, but I gotta first I gotta click cross rope and then watch my guy. You're being you're arguing from specifics, so you're not saying anything, guys. Today we learned lost arc most most uh, controversial feature the tightrope. <laughs> <laughs> This Lost Ark's most controversial feature. All right, we'll move on. We'll move We're going to post this clip on our uh, Lost Ark and saying it creates so much controversy, that tightrope. <laughs> yeah. But again, I, I, I understand both sides. I lean towards what Gumby said that it's, it, in this case, it's okay. I just feel like there are better I see where Altai's coming from, too. I just, I, I think there's better way. I think there's a better way to do that, to add <laughs> context, than to add something that automatically does it. Mm hmm. And right. it's like. Just as a last little comparison, you, you know, like, uh, you know, games like Sly Cooper, the moments where you, you control your character the whole time, right? And then all of a sudden, 
you go up to like this rope and it slides down automatically and the camera does all these crazy little things and it, it looks cool but at the same time you're just sitting there like I could have gotten down there some other way where I actually played the game <laughs> yeah alright I think take us out of here take us uh, out we got, we got to take us out of here uh, we, have, we can talk about uh, I think who wrote the article on Funcom was it you Sean? Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt. Well, we mentioned Funcom a little bit, and then I think we'll do we'll get we'll get to our giveaway for Twin Saga. Uh, for those on YouTube, we are giving away fifteen Twin Saga keys at the end of the podcast. If you're seeing this on YouTube, you should have watched this live <laughs> to win those uh, Twin Saga Founders packs. Wow, well, it's already been uh, an hour twenty. Wow, we, we got we got Funcom, and then we'll call it for the for the for the podcast and do the after show and give the stuff away. Matt, you want to yeah. take it? Oh, you wanted me to take it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, Funcom started the, uh, they reported their finances. Let me pull this up. Yeah. Link me too. Yeah. I'll link it here. How are they doing? Well or bad? They, um, they, better. Their, their revenues have decreased, but it was an expected decrease. And they are doing better because of a lot of financial wizardry in which their company equity went from negative 9.953 million to, positive 2,389,000, and that is still not good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's Funcom, right? And we know what Funcom's, like, the quality that they've had in the past with their games with, like, Secret World and all, mm-hmm. and they're only worth $2 million. That, that's, that's not good. That whole but, company, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's really not good. But no, um, no from China's offering them money, so that's so you know it's really bad. <laughs> no Chinese mining companies are offering to buy them or cashmere companies. <laughs> No, they've had the Chinese mining companies. They've had the Chinese cashmere companies. The next one is going to be a Chinese cow farm. Okay? <laughs> We've had the pig farm, but not the cow farm yet. All right? The pig farm has invested in Warframe. Oh, um, there's already been a farm. Okay, so it has yeah. to be something weird then, like a fish farm. There you go. But it's funny, too, because keep in mind, remember, they, they specifically said that our revenues decreased following a, quote-unquote, gradual and expected decrease. That's a very way to, like, that's a way to soften the blow, you know? Oh. We, we, we made less money this year? Oh, that was expected. It was gradual. It was expected. It, it, it's kind of interesting, though, because they, most of their titles are MMOs, but they're they're having a gradual decrease, but they've had a positive increase in, like, or they've had a positive, as they put it, a positive Im- impact in reducing the game's slowly decline in revenues in terms of Anarchy Online and Age of Conan by changing up the way their membership and stores work. Mm-hmm. So they've made business model adjustments, and it has contributed. Po- or uh, they basically are going to be making more money they expect to be, at least because of their changes. And like Age of Conan, for the longest time, if you didn't subscribe, even if you owned the expansion pack, you couldn't access the expansion content. And they mm-hmm. finally made it like fully free to play, and did some other stuff to it. And I mean, it, it's got to have done something right you can play the whole game for free now but um they're also still moving on with their little plan to make smaller games and they're going to make another game based on the secret world okay and they have they're going to make another game based on the secret world ip it's in development and they have another title um in development that is no, another title that's going through concept review and is expected to, um, or no, early concept development phase. It's expected to go through concept review and project approval by the end of the year, and it's another Conan game. 
that's going to enter production after, sometime after Conan Exiles goes into early access. Right, so that's after Conan Exiles. Yeah, so they're, they're making a few smaller games still, and their business model is changing. They're going to be moving towards a lot of these smaller games to kind of help along their bigger games, I guess. But they're not big enough to fund bigger games, too. That's really the main reason. They're, they're in a much more precarious financial situation than like the big Nexons and the NCSofts. I will do a financial look for Funcom eventually because their numbers are actually much worse than the big companies I've covered on YouTube for this. I want to say what's funny, too, because I was saying that they eased it over. I remember I, I was actually reading a lot of the financial, the transcripts for the earnings releases for these Chinese companies because I was researching them. And it's, it's actually pretty hilarious, like the amount of like excuses that Chinese companies provide. Like if they if, if for some reason a Chinese company doesn't make like as much money as they, th as they thought they would every single time, whether it was Perfect World, whether it was Chang Yu, whether it was like Neti, like, all these companies, they would always repeat one line in their earnings release. We didn't meet our numbers because we stepped up anti-cheating efforts to make, to create a better environment for our players. And then they say like they banned all these cheaters, and they would always say that every single quarter. You think the cheaters are run out by now, but no. Like every year after year, they'd always say, "Oh, you know, the the, the player numbers went down because we banned cheaters." They always said that it was hilarious. They're all it's a good lying. tactic. And it's yeah. funny because like, oh yeah, we banned cheaters in like this ten-year-old game like Zuzian or Perfect World. Yeah, come on, that's making shit up. It's pretty funny though. Guys, guys, if you watch the stream, I uh, put a chart up of the revenue. And I figured out why they're going down. Revenue's going down. Go. Give it their to us. Their whole budget is going towards making unnecessarily 3D-looking charts for their financials rather than, <laughs> rather than working on their games. Like, look why at this chart. Why are they like cylinders? And why is it got like a slightly 3D perspective? Like, what, what's wrong with the classic bar graph here? Yo, they, they got to make it look cylindrical, right? It's, it's really more advanced. That? Can't you do that in Word? But why, why would they do this? <laughs> I like all this explanation, right? You should be a financial analyst. <laughs> All right, less money on cylindrical charts in your uh, investor presentation and more money on getting shit done, all right? I think the real reason is, why hasn't Funcom announced a mobile game? What are they doing? I don't know. Turbine is moving to mobile. Yeah, so. they, they, they got to do it as well. I mean, I don't want to support... I, I mean, I don't want to sell like I just support mobile or anything, but your company's worth $2 million. Maybe you should consider this, making a Connect 3. This chart has better graphics than Anarchy Online. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired! No, they upgraded the graphics in that game, right? Oh, yeah, yeah my on, bad, my bad. Come on. Pre-upgrade, pre-upgrade. You're right. You're right, pre-visual uh, you know, visual overhaul. But, I mean, this might be a good place to call it because we do have to give away our wonderful Twin Saga Founders Packs. Uh, so, uh -oh. if you want those, hang around. Uh, for YouTube, I think we're going to say, till next time. Adios, boys. See ya. All right, again, that's for YouTube. We're sticking around on Twitch to yep. give these away. Closing now.